Okay, Boker Tov, good morning. Thank you for being with us uh, again to learn Torah on this Wednesday morning. If I seem a little frazzled, it's because I am. We uh, started a moment late because we were just Zoom-bombed again. I share that with you not to upset you or disturb you, although I hope you didn't have to see what I had to see. I share that with you uh, because there are enemies, adversaries, who continue to want to undermine us with images that are uh, horrific, graphic, and anti-Semitic. But light will succeed over dark, good over evil, and we will persevere and continue to study and learn nonetheless, particularly our study of Emuna. I want to thank our sponsors of the Emuna series for the year, Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan, so generously sponsored the whole year in memory of our dear friend, a model and paradigm of living with Emuna, a model and paradigm of leaving this world with Emuna, Rabbi Dr. Brian Gabbard, Baruch Tzvi Ben Ruvain Nasson. Also, this morning's particular class is sponsored generously, anonymously, uh, in gratitude for the positive impact the Amuna Shiurim have had on uh, these trying times. I hope they will continue being part of a Chabura, a network, a group working together to improve and grow our Amuna, to be able to connect with Hashem and find strength in Him during this time is something particularly important. It's actually our topic we're going to uh, get into a little bit and talk about, which is that we're very focused. Uh, like you, I continuously turn to the news hoping for some update. When are we going to reopen? When are we going to re-enter? What are the real statistics and data? Antibodies and, and uh, vaccines and plasma treatments and medical breakthroughs and what's happening and what will happen and when will it happen? And there's constant conversation about quarantining and social distancing, about the rules and regulations in Israel, 19 people in a minion, spending 10 feet apart, and when will it change here? And absent this conversation, understandably, we don't expect the media to talk about faith or the media to talk about the role of God, um, but that's our, that's our job is to insert the question of where does Hashem fit into this picture? Where does our trust in Him? Where does our turning to Him? Where does our making sense of this with Him come into this picture? And that's our topic as we continue with the piece that we're learning by Rav Itamar Schwartz, the author of the Bilvavi Mishkan Evna, does Bishonecha know your bitacho, know your trust, know your faith in Hashem. Long before Pesach, when we took our break, we were going through this uh, essay, this beautiful piece, slowly but surely, we're towards the end of it now, in which he defines bitachon. The word bitachon doesn't mean trust. God will do what I want him to. I trust God will make sure there'll never be a Zoom bomber again. I trust God will enable me to always have my income without any problem. I trust that God is going to make everything work out exactly the way I want and exactly the way I need. That's not bitachon. To say that Hashem will make everything conform to the way I want and the way I need, that's not bitachon. That is a false and fake bitachon. That's not trust in ourselves, in, in Hashem. That is simply trust in, in ourselves. Real bitachon means that whatever Hashem does, whatever the outcome is, however this turns out, I know it's by design, I know it's His plan, I know it's for the best. And when a person lives that mentality, when we approach life in that way, then there's nothing that can stand in our way. It means we have to confront realities and challenges, God forbid health crises, financial crises, or less crises, like wanting to kill our children, wanting to kill their school, wanting to kill one another. There are all kinds of crises we're facing each and every day. Significant real ones, or what I like to call the manufactured crises, first world crises, that the truth are, are not crises at all. But if you live life with a mindfulness, a conscientious knife, if you live life that Hashem is by your side and over your shoulder, and you know that everything is by design, and everything is the way it's meant to be, then we do what we need to, we take our initiative, and the rest of the way we're able to sit back and relax and let Him run the show knowing that there's order, meaning, and purpose 
to what he's doing. Where does Rav Schwartz get this from? If you recall, the word bitachon from betach, that Shimon and Levi, when they entered the city of Shechem, they did so, they entered the, t- the city, the town, betach, with confidence, with surety. They had stacked the deck in their favor. They knew they had arranged things so that they would come out the victor. And that we too live our lives betach. We can walk into every situation with a confidence, with an absolute knowledge, with a surety that it's going to work out. How can we afford to walk into every situation that way? How can we know that that's the truth? Simple, because God is on our side and God has our back. And lastly, he developed this notion. There's the internal self and the external self. The external self lives the external superficial reality. An external superficial reality in place where we are confronting the fact that there's health crises, there are people, there are obstacles, there are challenges, there's friction, there's tension. Outside ourselves, there are all kinds of challenges. Outside ourselves, there are all kinds of uh, uh, there are all kinds of obstacles. But the internal self, the place that is in tune with God, the place that is in tune with spirituality and Selah Melokim knows that there is no obstacle and there's nothing standing against us and there's nothing that can block us from what Hashem wants for us. So let's elaborate, let's take this even further. I'm reading to you from the text of his essay, Da'az Bitchonecha, uh, Rav Itamar Schwartz. If you're on the Wednesday Amunashir group, I posted the source sheets. Otherwise, Please listen and follow online. How can we get to that place where I'm living so soulfully, I'm so spiritually alive and vibrant and active that as I encounter and engage my life, there is no external obstacle. Everything is the way it's meant to be. So I don't grow frustrated by the things that seem to stand in my way. I exert myself, I take the initiative to overcome, I go around or go over or go under or when necessary try to go through, and if it stands there and remains there blocking me nonetheless, then I sit back and I know it's from God. How do I get to a place, she'ein ba'me'akvim, where there are no obstacles and there is no friction and there is no tension and there is nothing that can bring me down? How do I get to a place of calm and peace and serenity that living with Amuna provides? to that place of a knowledge that everything is the way it's meant to be. And therefore, once I've done everything I can do and need to do, I let go and I let God. All of reality, a person's entire reality is surrounded by obstacles and impediments. Down here, lowly physical ones, there's the food I'm tempted to eat, but I know is not good for me. There is the Wi-Fi, which is slow, and I'm trying to stream classes that I'm giving. There are people who are not behaving or conforming to how I want them to behave to make my life go easy. There's the bank that hasn't cooperated to make good on the promise of the government loan and stimulus. Whatever the obstacle or challenge, our world is filled and surrounded by them. There's the, the light, which is red, but I wanted it to be green. Not only are there physical manifestations of obstacles, tensions, and frictions, there are spiritual ones. I want my davening to flow, but I don't understand the words. It's not coming. When their shul, the chazan goes at too quick a pace or too slow, or the people around me are talking. Even in the world of spirituality, one can feel there are obstacles and tensions. There are things that are blocking or holding us back. There's only one force. There's only one presence. There's only one existence from which there is no resistance. There's no tension. There's no obstacle. And that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu Levado. The Almighty 
the master of the universe, our creator, the source of all. He is everything. He is everything. And there's nothing that can go against his will. There's nothing that can hold him back or slow him down. There's nothing that can distort or reroute his plan. God is everything. He created everything. He sustains everything. He wills everything. And therefore, not nature, not a virus, not a hurricane or not a tornado, not a person, not a plan, not a stock market, not a, there is nothing that can oppose. There is nothing that can change. But outside and other than God, everyone and everything has obstacles and tensions. From the moment I wake in the morning until the moment I fall asleep at night. And by the way, those two moments for many people, the older we get, are also fraught with obstacles and tensions. How many struggle to wake up in the morning? Exhausted. I want to stay in bed. I don't want to wake up. How many have trouble falling asleep at night, insomnia, fall asleep two hours later, think it's the morning, and it turns out it's only two o'clock in the morning. There are tensions and frictions and obstacles, literally from when we wake up in the morning till we fall asleep at night, and almost every moment in between with what to say and what to eat and where to go and who to think and how to act, and the world not cooperating with me. So how can I stay calm? And how can I have, how can I have a sense of peace? And how can I have a sense of tranquility? And how can I have a sense of confidence and calm and comfort despite having to battle through the day? Battle. Everyone's battling. Everyone's battling. Ian McLaren, a Scottish philosopher, one of my favorite quotes of all time said, be kind to everyone you meet for everyone is battling something you know nothing about. And I can tell you as a rabbi who gets a greater insight into people and their battles, it's clearly not an entirely insight into everyone or everything in their lives, but I sometimes interact with someone who's battling heroically, battling addiction, battling anxiety, battling mental illness, battling a difficult marriage, battling who knows what, and nobody knows it. And you think, you know, somebody was frustrated that that individual was short with them in the supermarket or at shul if they only knew what this person is battling. Everyone's battling something that others know nothing about, which is a reason to be kind to everybody and to give the benefit of the doubt because we never know what others are battling. Our lives are defined and characterized by battling from when we wake up till we fall asleep. Maybe they're first world battles. First world battles is, should I wear this outfit or that outfit? Should I buy home this? Should I go on that vacation or this vacation? There are first world battles and then there are the battles of the highest order. Will my loved one make it through the day? Will they get off this ventilator? Will they survive? What will my life look like financially if I can't recover? There are those battles and everything in between. What is the definition of bitachon? I trust you, Hashem. I'm battling from the morning to the night, but I trust you. You're my general. You're my sergeant. You're my commander. And I'm going into battle. And I know that you are... You have my back. I trust you. God is all-powerful. He can, he can bail us out of every situation. He can save the day in any moment. When he does, we should recognize it and thank him and never stop praising him. And if he doesn't, it's because he's chosen not to. And it's not what's meant to be for us. He's capable of all. So there is nothing that God can't stop. There's no hurricane, there's no tornado, there's no virus. There's nothing, there's no pandemic. He can't stop, and if he chooses not to, there's a reason. What's that reason? Yesterday was Yom HaShoah. 
we talked about the questions that have no answers. And we heard from the Baums, extraordinary survivors, who said that instead of searching for the answers, don't have the questions, see the blessing in your life from Hashem and focus on what is, not what isn't. Focus on what you have, not what's missing. Focus on where you see Him, not where He seems absent. It's a mindset, it's a mentality, it's an attitude. It's a choice that we make every day. A choice. What is bitachon? It is the trust, it is the confidence, it is sticking with the one for whom there are no obstacles. It is sticking with the one for whom there is no resistance. Where even though the world doesn't conform or cooperate the way we want, by definition for him, it does. So what then is bitachon? I want to describe to you what it is. Bitachon is entering a world. It's entering a place. It's entering a mindset. It's wearing the pair of glasses that enable me to look out at the world through the godly vision. Enabling me to look out a world where I only see Hashem everywhere. Where things don't not make sense and they're not scattered and fragmented and inconsistent but everything comes back and is unified by the existence of Hashem. It's all His will, it all makes sense, and therefore I do everything I can, I fight as hard as I can, and yet, when it's over, I realize it's all up to Hashem. I've been going on a lot of walks. We've had a lot of yantif and Shabbos, and we're confined to our homes, but we're allowed to go for walks, and each of my walks I try to go different with my children, and at the lake near our home, the lake at the center of our community, I don't know if it's a function of springtime, but there are several mother ducks with lots of little baby ducks. It's an amazing thing to see. The rejuvenation of life and birth is one mother duck with 19 little ducklings, little cute kids falling in order, the mother duck, and you watch them swim in the lake, and I've been showing my children, the duck above the surface is calm. The duck looks like it's gliding along the surface of the lake. But just underneath the surface of that lake, that duck is paddling like a madman, like a madwoman. You can't see it. They're paddling like crazy under the lake, but over the lake they look like they're gliding. And that's a paradigm of a life of bitachon and amuna. Under the lake, under the surface, we're paddling, we're fighting, we're battling, but we have to be gliding with a sense of faith, amuna, and trust in Hashem. I want to tell you something very personal. This is a pandemic and virus have struck very close to home for me and for my family. My first cousin's husband, my first cousin's husband, Zalman Hillel Zichron Levracha, who was an outstanding Talmachacham, a father of 12 children, an incredible person, modest, humble, soft-spoken, a brilliant Torah scholar, author, who's published this virus in a very short time, took his life. My first cousin, who's a wonderful woman of tremendous Amuna Bitachon Tova, what one saw in interacting with her was something extraordinary. Through the very few days, tragically, literally only a few days from when he contracted the illness until it took his life, she was fighting like crazy. An incredible advocate, an amazing wife, doctors, nurses, advocating, experimental treatments, anything she could, fighting, 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 organizing davening, tehillim, learning, everything in his merit, fighting, 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 not taking no from an answer from Hashem, objecting and protesting, and both in the, in the physical world and the spiritual world, doing everything she could to fight for his life. And the moment his life was taken, and through this process of shiva and of mourning, her entire mindset switched, and it went from a place of initiative and effort and advocacy 
to a place of acceptance. This is Hashem's plan. I can't imagine or believe life without him, without my husband, the father of 12 children, grandfather. I can't imagine, I don't understand why, but I accept this is Hashem's will. He had so many more svarim to write. He had so many more moments to experience with his family. I don't understand, I can't understand, and yet I accept. This is his will. This is the plan. And to me, she's that model of what we're learning about, literally put into practice. To paddle under the water, to take that initiative, to advocate, to work, to fight, to protest, to object. And yet, to then glide with Hashem. To have the calm and the peace and the tranquility to say, it might be painful, but I understand it's all from Him. Everything is for a reason. Everything comes from someplace. The truth is that my cousin, and again, I thank you for allowing me to share something personal, tragically learned this from her own mother, my aunt, my beloved aunt Malki Lazar, Zichrona Lavracha, who herself was, was bedridden, struggling with cancer for many years when her husband, my uncle, Rabbi Eli Lazar, passed away suddenly out of nowhere of a heart attack in a moment on Erev Sukkah several years ago. So my cousin saw her mother recover from the sudden loss of her husband, experienced it with her father, and my aunt was the same way. To be able to transition from a place of uh, disbelief and doubt to a place of acceptance and calm and tranquility and the choice of the recognition to see Hashem. My friends, I don't mean to suggest that this is easy. I don't mean to suggest that it's so expected of all of us. It's a level that we aspire to. But these are examples of what we're capable of, that it is possible. And that if we do, our lives are enriched in the process, not lost. It's not that if you choose to live with Amun Apshuta, you are somehow more superficial, you're somehow less sophisticated, you're somehow inferior or more pathetic. It's the opposite. When you choose to live with Amun and Bitachom, when you enter the city of your life, so to say, like Shimon and Levi, Betach, when you enter with a confidence that, you know what? I don't understand it, and it's painful to adjust to it, but I accept that it's the will of Hashem. And I'm confident it's what's meant to be, that one day it will all make sense. One day I will understand it. That's our mission, that's our challenge, that's what a life of Bitachon is all about. Take my initiative, do what I need to do, but then f- submit to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that yields a life of peace and calm and tranquility. The people we know of the greatest Amuna, who may have even lost the most in their lives, the Kleisenberger Rebbe, who lost 11 children in the Holocaust but rebuilt the Hasidus. And there are countless Rebbes like him and other heroes, every single survivor who lost all they knew and yet found the strength and the will and the capacity to go on. They are role models of living this life for us, of making the choice to have the confidence that there is a God and He has a plan and therefore to put one foot in front of the other. If we want to achieve that godless, that greatness, that yields that peace, and that tranquility, the calm that we so desperately want and need, then God needs to be part of the equation. We can't just be talking about quarantining and socially distancing and gloves and masks and washing and testing and, and uh, antibodies and vaccines and plasma treatments. We have to do all that. That's the paddling under the water. We have to do all of that. That's how we're battling the external self. But the inner voice has to be expressed. We have to turn that volume up where we say there's a Rebona Shalom and there's a plan and there's a reason that yes, we're going through a crisis, but it's also presenting an opportunity. What have we learned about ourselves? How have we grown ourselves? What have we improved about ourselves? What have we discovered that we can now continue to build upon when, please God, this is over? 
How can we maintain our calm and our serenity? By bringing Hashem down into this equation, by inserting Him to be part of this conversation about what is His role and where do we learn and where do we go and what can we gain from this. We said in Halal so many times over Yantif recently, Ha'amanti Kiadaber. And the Hasidic Rebbe say, You know, you grew Yaramuna? Ha'amanti. How do you become a Maimon? How do you grow in your Amuna? Ha'amanti Kiadaber. You grow in Amuna because we speak about Amuna. Ha'amanti Kiadaber. If we talk about Hashem, if we put Him in the conversation with our spouses, with our children, with our family, how many times have we talked about the Hashgacha Pratis WhatsApp group and Rav Moshe and Rav Yaakov's uh, strong encouragement that we actually keep a journal of where we see Hashem in our daily lives. Hashem, that worked out. I never thought it would. Hashem, let me count all the brachas. Hashem, let me express all the things I'm grateful for. Hashem, let me enumerate the things that were seemed coincidental but clearly were designed from you. Hashem, let me enumerate all the times I feel your presence, your, your guiding hand, your supporting arm in my life every day. The moment we journal, and the moment we record, and the moment we share that, if I speak about seeing you in my life, if I'm looking for you, I'll find you. I'll find you at the lake and the ducks and the iguanas and the storks and the trees. I'll find you in the fact that I walked outside this morning and it was 67 degrees with no humidity. And that will probably have changed already by now. But in Florida, in almost May, I see you, Hashem, in a cool, unexpected breeze. That was you giving me a hug, that breeze against my cheek, that relief on a hot day. That was you. That was you to see and to count. The more we speak about him, the more we'll find him, the more we'll see him, the more we'll discover him, like my cousin Tova, like my aunt Malki, to paddle and to fight and to object and to protest, to take every initiative when we can. But afterwards, to talk about where do I see him? Wow, when there was a line of 30 people to bury and the cemetery said they wouldn't be able to do it for days, they were able to do the funeral right away. Wow, the children were able to be together to mourn and grieve in such a fashion. Wow, certain things worked out exactly as they needed to when it seemed that they were never going to. Even in that moment, betach, to come with a sense of confidence that this was for a reason. And I see Hashem's hand even here. And we have an incredible precedent, an incredible role model for this. Who am I talking about? The great Moshe Rabbeinu, our master and teacher. Nevayr zos api maimar chazal, shedarshu mikra. Moshe... Ish Elohim. We're reading, of course, about Moshe now in the Torah. And Moshe is described as an Ish Elohim. Moshe is a man of God. What does it mean to be an Ish Elohim? A man, a woman, a human of God. What does it mean to be godly? I'll tell you what it means to not be godly. To not be godly is to not see God anywhere. Is to be cynical and sarcastic. To not be godly is to think everything is random and chance and coincidence. To not be godly is to be like a malik, mikra. Everything is happenstance. Kor, you pour cold water and try to extinguish people's fire, their passion, their excitement, their energy, their enthusiasm, their spirituality. That's what it means to not be godly. What does it mean to be godly? What does it mean that Moshe is an ish elokim? Chetzio lamala elokim, chetzio mata ish. So Chazal say it means his half and above is God, his half and below is man. What in the world does that mean? Isn't that against what we believe theologically? God forbid are we suggesting son of God, half God. That's not part of our religion. Where does that come from? What are Chazal saying? Listen to what Revita Meir Schwartz explains, the Bilvavi. Of course it's not part of our religion. We're not suggesting that Moshe is the son of God or part God any more than we all are. And we all are. 
It means we just define and we describe the world as broken up into two categories. There is the part of the world which is filled with obstacles and battle, tension and friction, with having to overcome the things that stand in our way. And then there's Hashem. For Hashem there is no obstacle and there is no battle. Hashem, the whole world conforms to His will. Those are the two paradigms of the world. There's the whole world as we know it, filled with challenges and obstacles and battles. And then there's God, for whom everything is smooth sailing, peace, calm, tranquil, easy, nothing, no force that can oppose Him. When it means that Moshe is an Isha Elohim, that half of him is like God, it means that Moshe was in touch with and able to channel the godliness in him. He was able to live and experience an attitude and mentality that everything is calm, everything is by design, everything is the way it's meant to be, and everything somehow is for the good. But what do you mean, Moshe? Look around! And that's the part of Moshe that is Lamata, Chetzeh Umateish, says of Schwartz, What do you mean, Moshe? Be a realist! Look at life for real. Look around. Paro, Ishmitzri, Dasanaviram, Midian, Khartumim, Erevrav, Amalek, Edom, Amon, Moab, Sichon, Og. There's no shortage. We're going to get to Sefer Bamidbar, the adolescence of the Jewish people, an incorrigible, miserable, complaining people. Some things haven't entirely changed. And Moshe Rabbeinu, what do you mean there's no opposition? What do you mean there's no, there's no tension in your life? Moshe's whole life is battling. Battling in the palace, battling outside the palace, battling as a leader, battling for the people, battling with the people. We just listed this litany of battles that Moshe faced. The answer is, Chetzio ulamata ish, Chetzio ulamala elokim. Moshe was able to, true, superficially, externally, if you're a historian studying Moshe's life, if you're a student of Chumash trying to summarize Moshe's experience, it's characterized by battle, by struggle, by challenge. But if you're looking at Moshe's essence, if you were to ask Moshe about his own life, you know what he would tell you? I never struggled with anything my whole life. I had Hashem at my back for everything. What do you mean, Moshe? Tassaraviron, Amon Moav, Paro, Makos, the people. What are you talking about? He'd say, oh, those things? That's just what I had to do. Those weren't battles or tensions. Those weren't obstacles. It's all part of the master plan. You know, there's a great statement that some say, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. You say to the person, you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. What are you talking about? You go to work every single day, and your work day doesn't end at 5 p.m., and it's on your mind, and you're working hard. No, but if you love what you do, you're never working. You don't call that, you don't think of that as work. And the same thing is true here. That's what it means. We, like Moshe, have a chetzio lamala, and we have a chetzio lamata. The better half of ourselves the transcendent sense of ourselves, the godly sense of ourselves has the ability that no matter what the lower half of ourselves is battling or facing or struggling with, to live with calm, to live with peace, to live with tranquility, to see Hashem everywhere and to know everything is for a plan, to know everything is for a reason. So my dear friends, it's a choice that you have and that I have. It's a choice that we have to make. How are we going to live? Our external selves or our internal selves? Our best selves or our worst selves? Our godly selves or our animal, physical, material selves? Are we going to approach a world of tension, battle, friction, obstacles? Or are we going to approach a world that says it's all His will? 
It's all from above. Yes, I have to overcome. Yes, I have to fight. Yes, I have to battle. Yes, I have to take initiative. I'm paddling like a crazy person, but I'm going to glide in the water and coast in my life with the absolute knowledge and confidence and calm that Hashem has my back, that there is a plan, that it will work out, that it is the way it's meant to be. Not it will work out the way I want. It will work out because by definition, however it happens, is the way God willed, and that is the very definition. How do I have Amuna By talking about him. Whether it's coronavirus, or whether it's the stock market and the economy, or whether it's my personal life, or whether it's homeschooling, or whether it's whatever battle or challenge I'm facing, where does Hashem fit in the equation? Do we talk about Him? Do we insert His name? Do we ask what He wants for us? Do we try to give Him nachas? Are we grateful to Him? Do we try to learn from it? Where does Hashem fit into the equation? Ha'emanti, how do we grow an emuna? Kiadaber. Similarly, you know how we get out of the situation? We feel confined and restricted. We're quarantined. Ki besimcha With simcha, we go out. You can get out of that confined, restricted place of life. We just finished Pesach. And Pesach is min karasika Mitzrayim. The word Mitzrayim comes from Mitzar, a narrow place. When I feel the roof is caving in, what's the plan, Hashem? I got to get out of my house already. I got it. My kids are driving me crazy. They miss their friends. They're desperate to get out of the house. The, the, the ceilings, the walls, they're closing in on me. I can't take it. What will be with the economy? What will be with my health? What will be with the future? What will be with society? What's going to change? What's going to remain the same? Grieving losses, grieving the loss of what was. What will be? We're living in a Mitzrayim. We're living in a Tkufa where everything is caving in. It's closing in. Feels like it's getting narrower and narrower. Min karasika. From Mitzar, from Mitzrayim, from this narrow place, I'm calling out to you. I'm calling out to you, Hashem. So Hashem says, you know, I take you out of that narrow place. I take you out of that Mitzrayim. I take you out where it's closing in. How? Because when you believe in Hashem, when Hashem takes us out with Amuna, Kiyamati Kiyadaber, when we talk and we see Hashem and we trust and feel Him, when we know that He's right next to us and He's guiding us and He's supporting us and He's encouraging us and there's a plan for us and there's a plan for this world and there will be another end, there will be another side that we will come out and there will be a world that will continue, then we're able to overcome that Mitzrayim. We were taken out of Mitzrayim, we just celebrated Pesach. And these 49 days as we're counting down to Shavuos, we're working on taking Mitzrayim out of us. God took us out of Mitzrayim these 49 days are a journey to our taking Mitzrayim out of us, to not feel that we're collapsing, to not feel the, world's like, world, the walls are caving in, but to realize that He has a plan and that we're capable. That ki besimcha to be besimcha, to have joy. How could you smile and be besimcha with what's happening in the world? The answer is a Jew needs to always be besimcha. A person has to always maintain their joy for life, their happiness, their simcha sachayim. Because you have a roof over your head, you have air conditioning? You have breath in your lungs this morning? You have food on your table? The way to get out of that narrow place, the way to get out of the walls caving in, the way to get, not only to get out of Mitzrayim, for Mitzrayim to get out of us, with a sense of simcha, with a sense of joy, with a sense of happiness that there is Hashem. These two halves, like they were for Moshe, the upper half and the lower half, the external existence and the internal existence, the godly perspective and the lowly human perspective. Like there were for Moshe, these two halves exist for each and every one of us. 
We have the choice to make. Am I living my internal self? I can have calm and tranquility in my life. I can coast along the surface of the water. Or am I living my external self? Am I seeing all the obstacles? Am I living with the tension, the friction, and the battling? Am I paddling like a madman? Then I'll never have a peaceful day in my life. The choice is up to us. I hope we'll make the right one. And when we do, we'll feel a simcha sachaim. Ki besimcha seitzayon, that simcha, that joy, will take us out of that narrow place. Ha'emanti kiadaber, that we will have our faith because we speak about Hashem. And when we do, we'll be able to endure with resolve and tenacity, like my cousin, like my aunt, and like so many other heroes who do all that we need to, but in the end submit and accept. We let go and we let God with betach, with confidence, and then we can gain the calm that we all crave and desire. Wishing everyone a wonderful day.